2: GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Mahomes
0: has the time, delivers,
1: perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr.
3: Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of Is Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I will be joined in a short moment by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel. I'm also gonna be joined by Ben Gretsch of CBS Sports, who you can follow on Twitter at Yardsper Gretsch. We're into the second show of the Rotovis Overtime FFPC Draft Series and we are looking at who we're going to be picking up between round five and round nine as we are on the clock. If you haven't checked out the first edition of the series yet we went through the picks from one through five as we were on the clock and I hope you really enjoyed that if you did check it out. If you haven't I would highly recommend it in those uh, higher rounds where you know those picks obviously there's a lot of emphasis in those picks but as you'll see as we go through the draft Uh, you know building out that roster and how you finish it out is a very very key point this is a 20 round draft we'll be going through all 20 rounds over the series so it's one that we're going to get into pretty quickly here with the guys If you want to follow along with the draft itself, um, the draft is obviously over, but you can check out the draft board as we make our picks, see where some of those other players have gone. We do talk about some players going off the board, but it might be uh, a way to follow along as well. The link is in the show description in the show notes. You can check that out as well as we get through it. We're going to kick things off here as we discuss the decision to step over and pass on DK Metcalf in the previous rounds. Uh, it, was, I, I, it was hard now i'll be honest it was hard we we had two shots at metcalf we uh <laughs> me and sean uh raved about him on last week's uh podcast and we we passed over him and, and I, I haven't even given you any happened.
4: reason why so let me let me give you my my elevator pitch really quick i want to see if i can persuade you at all of a reason to be a little bit less optimistic about metcalf so obviously a rookie receiver who's very efficient we'd expect that volume to rise right but he wasn't as good as Lockett last year. Lockett has a multi-year connection with Russell Wilson that we all know exists. But one thing that I think is really interesting uh, when we think about things like why this efficiency in rookie years is predictive of the next year, typically the, the the logic behind it. And I try to think about the logic behind stats and trends like this. The logic behind it would be that these players are good, right? Like they're good players and they need to be used more. Metcalf I think is very good, but I do also think it's very interesting um, Over at Player Profiler, they grade the value of targets. He had like the 13th highest graded targets. And then if you look at just catchable targets, his true catch rate was outside the top 100. Now, I'm not a guy who says drops matter or anything like that. But that that stat jives with what I felt like I saw on the field last year, which was that Russell Wilson played incredible. And DK Metcalf basically already got elite Russell Wilson play last season, which helped his efficiency last year. Now, for him to take a huge step forward, I don't want to double count the Russell Wilson effect. I want to say, like I don't want like I think what I've heard a lot from Metcalf, and maybe this isn't from you, you guys, in your opinion on him, but a lot of people are like he's tied to such a good quarterback, he could be amazing. I agree that he could be, but I think he's going to have to play a lot better. I don't think he was necessarily um, that great, so I'm almost like nitpicking and splitting up his efficiency and saying his high efficiency was because of Wilson, which we've seen Wilson carry the efficiency of so many of his targets throughout his career. But does Metcalf really have top 10 elite ability? And I go back to his prospect profile, and I, you know, there were some question marks there. He's obviously physically amazing, but he wasn't a Julio Jones type producer in college. He's just a Julio Jones type athlete. So I'm a little bit more wary of thinking that he's going to have this monster second year jump because I don't know that Russell Wilson can do much more. It, it, it will have to be him playing significantly better, in my opinion
3: my uh my concern with the seahawks it's always the same with the seahawks is like they're probably just going to do the same as they did last year in terms of you know play calling options uh, like i think wilson has the potential to be the best quarterback in the league in terms of fantasy from a rushing and passing perspective and he has the players and uh metcalf and lockett to be able to you know do those kind of things so that he wants to do but the problem is going to be how much they split that up it's going to be heavily involved in the run game again based off play action and we'll see how it shakes out but that's my big concern i think that unless they allow wilson to throw the ball more that we're going to see a cap on metcalf and i think the thing is that if if all things fell right he has the potential like we talked about on the podcast to have a monster, monster season but that was my one thing when we were on the clock there i was trying to see could i put trust in the the seahawks offense to produce you know two top 24 wide receivers and it's probably not going to happen and it could go either way for them that's why when we were talking about sutton i think he's clearly the guy who's going to get the the bigger share of targets in that offense so that's what made me comfortable making that we're looking here at the picks that have gone on since our pick deandre swift went next then uh dk metcalf then cam akers then ronald jones david montgomery and then james white so I don't know about you guys I'm hoping to see before it comes back to us again a couple of quarterbacks come off the board to push some players down towards us but we've seen a running back run there there's a couple of guys in there Sean that I know uh that we may have been interested in I, I definitely don't think it's this high in the draft but uh, I know David Montgomery was somebody we're trying to avoid I think it's a you know it's a very early spot for James White so I'm pretty happy with those picks that have gone on since our last pick are you, are you pretty happy Sean Darren Waller the next player off the board
2: Yeah, this is a good stretch for us. The running backs going here are not going to hurt us. They'll push down that wide receiver firepower to where even with Alvin Kamara, we're going to end up with a zero running back type of team. And so you're basically looking at zero running back plus a superstar uh, because having some of these very compromised or simply not the right profile running backs coming off the interesting question we'll now have to look at when we come back in round six, you know, which wide receivers do we want? If there is a running back who falls, would we consider, I think JK Dobbins is the guy where we would have to decide, is there any point either in the sixth round or he's even fallen into the seventh round where we would look at him. Doesn't necessarily have the receptions that we want, but could be one of those guys a little bit like Nick Chubb a few years ago, where even without the receptions, he just has such a, a monster, explosive running value. I mean, you could be looking at J.K. Dobbins as being basically Derrick Henry plus uh within a couple of months, and then you're you've got a sixth or seventh round guy versus someone who's going in the middle of the first round. Three
3: we've seen uh, we, we've seen we've seen pick twelve go double tight end with Evan Ingram and, and Hunter Henry. So they were two players that we weren't targeting either. So another good two picks for us there. um Not necessarily <laughs> Yeah, but Fuller, again, it's gone a lot, a lot higher than yeah.
2: So Fuller is now gone. We don't have the option of him. It's pretty likely a a virtual lock that Marquise Brown will go. So we're going to be potentially looking at players like Stefan Diggs, uh, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, And then
3: Dobbins has just gone.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I was all in on that Dobbins
3: Stop talking about players we like. (laughs) Yeah.
4: And at at this point, the way the Sears are getting pushed down, it's, man, you wish that Taylor would have got there. And I was all in on Dobbins as a similar profile uh, of getting one of these just explosive rookies with upside that we couldn't get either the,
3: the, only, the, the only running back that i would have any interest at this point i think off the draft and i i think i would be passing on for the wide receivers at this point is singletary i'm, I'm quite happy to move past that and if, if that's the case that leaves me kind of looking purely at uh wide receiver at this next pick
4: i'd consider singletary as well but to sean's point we've seen one receiver in the last nine picks and it really is pushing us towards that zero you know zero running back build where we could potentially get two more firepower receivers here we'll see what happens you know in these next several picks and Singletary might also go um, but I don't want to get caught chasing too many running backs having gone early when there's you know
3: uh, I'm I'm happy I know you mentioned there it might push us towards a more zero RB approach I don't I don't think it's something that either three of us need to be really <laughs> pushed too hard against. yeah 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 of course <laughs>
4: Sean, what do so, you think? Uh, Singletary or or would you like to try to get like um you know you all those
3: receivers you mentioned? No, are, single right, Singletary's so. just gone, so that'll make that, that easier. <laughs> so
4: is Kyler Murray an an option? Because I know Sean it is for Sean.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean if if we don't like the guys we're gonna here, I think if Stephon Diggs is in this spot, then it's a pretty clear choice. I think if Marquise Brown uh, lasts a few more picks, it's a pretty clear choice. Where it gets a little bit complicated is if those guys are gone, do we have two receivers we like? Tyler Boyd, someone I think has uh, essentially the same profile as these Rams wide receivers who go much earlier. The rest of the receivers already uh, in Cincinnati are having you know, one problem or another. Tyler Boyd is set up for a monster year. Uh, Jarvis Landry, even if he's not 100% at the very beginning, as long as he doesn't make that worse, then we're looking at a guy who there's... They have a very different type of receiving profile, but in terms of the production we're going to get, you're actually talking about someone who has a lot of similarities just in terms of points to Odell Beckham, who goes much earlier. So if we wanted to get two of those guys, even if it's a little bit early, then I think we avoid wide receiver. If people are off of those receivers for any reason, I think Murray starts to get into the conversation, probably not here in the sixth, but if it wraps around into the seventh and those guys are still there, after those two early quarterbacks, the rest of the quarterbacks are not going, and so that's causing a little bit of an issue with value, but then it's also opening up the possibility that we might want to take one. The other well, thing, though, yeah. if the quarterback's falling this much, it's not impossible they could come back to us even at the next turnaround.
4: Yeah. Diggs, Gallup, Boyd are pretty clearly my next three here. Marquise have, Brown uh, went.
3: Now you are uh, on the clock. Diggs is just gone. Oh! So, uh, <laughs> no, That on the clock, we did have some tight ends that went there that pushed players down. We almost got to dig. So when we're looking at the the spot at the moment, um, the players I have are, are Boyd and Landry. Um, I think I I was very against going quarterback. I don't know if it's Sean. If you, what do you think about Murray at this point? I would still be holding off. No, and I'd probably I I, be pushing to go Boyd.
4: It sounded like Sean was in, and I don't want to push for Murray anymore either. I kind of brought that discussion up. Sorry to cut in, but
3: so so let's. I think uh, it's with Boyd, seconds, right?
4: Who do you like, Sean Gallup or Boyd? I like Boyd here. I, I think like Boyd. That
2: the issue would potentially be that he's more likely to come back around if we wanted both. But let's go ahead and take him here. We're getting down to, to 10, 15 seconds. Make sure we have our guy. And then we'll still have a lot of flexibility coming back in round seven.
3: We, uh, we had to take Boyd there just for podcast purposes, I think, Sean. <laughs> he's, <laughs> yeah. been, he's, been, he's been one of the guys.
4: I'm with you uh, uh with with you guys on Boyd as well and I love the the comparisons you you drew there Sean with Boyd That yeah I mean he's massively overlooked so you can compare him to the Rams receivers I believe and and just yeah he's going to get a ton of targets yeah. he was even more efficient when Green was healthy if Green's fine or if Green's not fine uh Boyd's getting this quarterback bump you know he's he's going lower this year because he played half the season last year with Ryan Finley and I mean that's just silly
3: and uh, when we look at it then i was kind of if we had got digs there we would have had a situation where we were possibly looking at landry uh landry and um obviously we've taken boyd there uh, i was thinking we might have had a situation where we had landry boyd and Gallup coming around to that next pick so uh with digs going at the minute the options that we're looking at i still think it's probably i don't know it's probably still too early for that christian kirk pick but we have gallop uh we have landry and we have Maybe a Christian Kirk mixed in there. Where are we thinking about going here at this point? As another another uh, running back has gone off the board. You are up next.
4: I'm, I'm interested to hear. Thought Sean, for me, it's it's. Oh, there goes Gallup. So it was going to be Gallup.
3: <laughs> <laughs> From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Westland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. Every product is USDA certified organic grown in the US and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. You can use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover. Body balm for target relief and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. From now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering all of our listeners a great offer. It's buy one, get one free on all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash blueire. And as I mentioned, this is a fantastic offer. It is not something that Thera one is likely to do again. It's buy one, get one free, theragon.com slash blue wire. With every day that passes, the NFL is getting closer and we're getting ready for Sunday. And Sunday means one thing. That's right, NFL Sunday Ticket. With NFL you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BlueWire at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayticket.tv once again promo code BlueWire.
1: At Rotoviz, we love titles, we love hardware, we love championships, we love winning, and we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we wanna win with you is the Underdog Fantasy Best Ball Mania, $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 first to place, it's only $25 to enter. It's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you gotta go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store on your smartphone device and you're going to make a deposit you're going to use code rotoviz when you make that deposit then you're going to go refer five friends and underdog and rotoviz will give you a free entry into the best ball mania tournament so it's it's kind of like a two for one you sign up you put in 25 bucks you enter the best ball mania tournament you get five buddies to play you use code rotoviz you get a free entry no brainer guys let's chase that glory 200 grand if 25 dollars is too pricey for you They've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win twenty grand. in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name. You see the ownership. You see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOViz and chase that glory.
2: Ben, take us through what your preferences are. What you're, you don't have Landry as a target. You do have Deontay Johnson as a target. He's someone. I uh, have Landry ranked higher, though. Okay. I do. Okay. Do you have any concerns about him? Any reason why you wouldn't want him uh, sort of on the roster here? Do you think he fits with the other guys that we
4: have? Uh, we can start only four receivers here, right? Correct. Now. so the only concern would be does he have this weekly ceiling and maybe that's over you know overrated but this could be a little bit more of a run heavy offense does he have the weekly ceiling to crack the starting lineup over any of these guys we've taken i know we obviously just want receiver depth and it's okay to take a guy who doesn't necessarily have that ceiling but that would be the
3: only concern Colin, so have- uh Dak, that,
4: landry and johnson
3: i uh, landry i would be preferring there um out of the two um i think it's Obviously, we're looking for upside, but I think it's a safe pick with the option for upside. Um, I think between the players that are available, unless you look quarterback, I think that's the way we have to look, and I would be going to Landry. I, I know we can only start four, but obviously, you know, there's going to be the bye weeks, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be things like that, matchups. I think it makes sense to, to have him there. Like, if we look now so far through those rounds, we have uh, Kamara, Andrews. D. J. Moore, D. J. Chark, Cortland, Sutton, uh, Tyler Boyd, and Jarvis Landry. So, like uh, you know, when we look at what we've done through seven rounds, I think it's it's really, really positive so far. Um, I think Sean kind of hinted at it there. Maybe at this next around, is where the the quarterback conversation t- uh, takes place. We ran out of time there. I was going to ask. We had Dak Prescott go just before us we could have kicked off potentially a a run of quarterbacks here in this round by, by taking a, by taking Kyler Murray at that point was, was there any consideration there for him over Landry? At
4: at the very last moment, seeing debt go just before, you know, if we had all, all the time in the world, I probably would have wanted to start up the Kyler Murray discussion again, but I'm I'm very comfortable with that Landry pick. What do you think, Sean? Well, the interesting thing, and we talked a little bit about how we've, you know, kind of mocked this
2: forward and mocked this backward. I actually like, the picks in the double-digit rounds not in terms of thinking oh these guys are going to be hits one of the things you know you go through and i mean i've done 200 300 400 drafts uh and every year those guys don't really contribute right and and you can do that number of ways you can look at the win the flex tool you know you can just go through the uh the different you know final scores and see that these guys are not going to contribute but There are going to be specific people and there are scenarios in which individual guys here would jump out. I like a lot of our double digit targets in terms of how they fit our construction and how they give us this running back uh, backup to help with what we have going here. Because I like guys in those ranges, I'm not as determined to wait at QB because there is going to be a cost of taking the qb you know if we are looking at drew Brees or tom brady then maybe we don't get damian harris if we're looking at matthew stafford then maybe we don't get deandre washington if we're looking at daniel jones maybe we don't get Nikhil harry or, or hines and so with those things as considerations as well then in this sort of situation where if we do wait to that point then we are going to be wanting to play more of the matchups, right? If we don't have a guy with rushing ability, then we want these passing games to be potential blow up games. And so that that gets us to where we need two quarterbacks. And that takes out a couple of guys that we might like in the double digit rounds. So those are some of the considerations that we're looking at when we pass a quarterback in this round, you know, six, seven, eight range where there are very good players still available here. You know, the opportunity cost is extremely significant.
4: And yet there are things later in the build where we might still want to consider it. That was very well put. I uh, agree with every word of that. With that in mind, if anybody from this Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson range gets back here, uh, I think we're at the point at our receivers where we're looking mostly at Kirk, and I'm not sure who else really stands out to you guys as targets. I have guys like Lamb and Hardman and Darius Slayton and, and potentially Debo in my next range, Jalen Rager. I would probably be comfortable taking one of these really strong second-tier quarterbacks over those types of receivers, particularly given we've already taken five receivers. I don't know that there's any running back that gets me off that quarterback thought. Maybe TJ Hawkinson gets me off that quarterback thought, but I'm pretty comfortable with what you just said, Sean, and how that opens up our later rounds to to, to really attack some of those later-round priority targets.
3: Yeah, I, feel like I think I like yeah I, I think it just depends on how these next couple of picks go obviously we could see three quarterbacks go in a row but uh sean will know before we started you know talking through the player options i was kind of adamant of waiting to post kind of round 10 before we start to look at quarterbacks but the way things are developing here at the moment uh, i wasn't expecting you know if, if it's a case we get back to that pick at the end of the eighth round and one of those guys are there i, I think we can of have to pull the trigger because as sean likes to say when it starts to get a bit flat and just looking through our kind of rankings and where we think things are going to go over the next round or so it is kind of based on our targets falling a bit flat at the moment uh deshaun watson has just gone there at the to the, the drafter yeah nice nice stack there i i just noticed as well when we were talking a couple of minutes ago the actual uh this from the seventh spot uh has started kelsey mahomes as a stack i don't know if you said noticed that previously pretty nice stack to start things off to.
4: man I wish we could have gotten Taylor or Dobbins because if in by some you know maybe miracle but by some chance we ended up looking at a Kyler and Kirk stack here that is probably my favorite stack this year Watson and Fuller would be close but I just love to get Kyler and then Kirk who's just so undervalued and one of my favorite targets in every draft that I think could just be really explosive. And obviously, if Kyler hits a ceiling, if you're making that pick with on Kyler, you think he's hitting a ceiling, then they need a second guy to be great, not just Hopkins, and it's Kirk. Mm. And so that's just such
3: a fun stack to have. I'm dreading these packs coming up. There's one of them. that's just if gonna we sit had Kyler one more,
4: <laughs> one more running back earlier, it would be a really fun stack to add right here. Not that I'm a huge running back fan. Let's let's be let's be honest here.
2: <laughs> yeah, so when we're looking at the running backs who would potentially come through and, oh, and kind of is. Come <laughs> um, since we don't have, and I think all three of us are on the idea that both of the Buffalo backs are undervalued. Obviously Moss continuing to get tons and tons of buzz with, with Singletary not going to us, then, you know, how early do we look at Moss? Another guy here who you know, would have potentially fit our, our ship chasing draft in, and we took uh, Rager instead is Philip Lindsay, I think he's a better back than Melvin Gordon, even though I like Gordon. They were supposedly running and looking very similar in the early going in camp, obviously just a couple of days, but then Melvin Gordon already demonstrating a little bit of his propensity for, you know, getting these, these nicks and scrapes. Is this a a situation where Lindsay starts to become
4: an option? I like Moss (laughs) over Lindsay, but they're both in my next five backs. Probably my two favorite targets coming up. Yeah.
3: Wilson's just gone as well. So Brito went, Wilson went. Um, so we're looking, we're one pick away. Um, it's going to be a, a tricky one here, I think. The only other player I'd say to so have so Moss at, at the running back. I, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
4: Just Lindsey and Sutton, do we want to do that? I don't know if I love the Broncos offense enough. <laughs> I think with Sutton, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they're bad and they throw a ton. And I don't know. You know a, a committee back in an offense where Sutton's good, if that's great i think this so team Hopkins is going to get it a lot better i
2: think they're going to score a lot of points and i think that lindsey is going to emerge as a receiver the same way that aaron jones did last season so i'm not necessarily avoiding it for that reason but i i certainly understand what you're saying i think that maybe our first choice here would be even though we don't have murray would be to go with kirk and then take moss coming back around or if we're a little bit more nervous about moss with the buzz we could take him if we lose kirk at this
4: point it probably doesn't kill us
3: so are we going with Kirk?
4: I think Moss. I, I like that, yeah. Sean. I think you're right. If we lose Kirk, we lose Kirk. I, it wouldn't be great. But
3: you sure? And uh, th- I think Moss is going to last. I think we, we have 20 seconds left. We're going to have to go with Moss. But
4: I mean, if we- Kirk went, we could go Moss, Lindsay still. And I wouldn't hate that. Would you hate that, Sean?
2: Okay, so we have Moss here. Yeah. And then the thing I would, I would, the question I would ask at this point. Oh no, never mind. Looking at there again, just sort of updating for myself and for the listeners. We have Debo Samuel. Darius Slayton, Julian Edelman, Jamison Crowder as the receivers who went in round eight leading up to our pick. Uh, we have taken Moss and our next couple of targets are Kirk and Lindsay. Colm, are there other players that you would like there? We have talked about um, TJ Hawkinson was a target for all three of us, but uh, he didn't make it. He, he, he was picked one spot before. Us there. do you have any tight ends that you're looking at, or are we pretty well set with, Andrews is our guy and now we can continue to load up on wide receiver and, and running back
3: yeah I think some of the the tight ends that we're looking at are probably going to be a little bit later um running back the only other one we t- touched on it on the show last week was On Johnson um I still would have some interest there in how his, he he could do this season um we talked about Tony Pollard um a couple of weeks back you know as an option um I think it might be just a little bit too early for him uh, and overall t- I think
4: Tariq yeah. Cohen is another one I would throw out there right now, but I, I agree with the names you just said too. But
3: the the other one, Sean, is uh, I know like McCall Hardman still there in the mix might be around early, but if we wanted to get him, uh, it's the option of going to get him. But, um, Kirk would be the other one that's in the mix.
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm feeling good about Kirk coming back around. I think he's going to be our guy here. I do like those names. Uh, ben pointed out someone that we like and and hadn't had sort of slipped my mind here because he does usually go actually a little bit earlier. And that is Cohen. Uh, where are we in terms of the profile that Cohen has, the profile that Lindsay could
4: emerge into and how that fits with our particular team that we have going right here. That's a good question. Yeah. I, I think I don't like to get two receiving backs. And I, I think Heinz is so much cheaper that I, I wind up not wanting to go Cohen this early as much as I like him. And I do take him in some drafts. Uh and, and with Moss there, and I, I feel a little comfortable that we've already taken two backs. I think I would probably lean towards Lindsay, but we also have Kirk here.
3: Yeah, I think I think Kirk's the pick. I think what you mentioned just about Lindsay earlier um might give me pause there. Um I talked about Hardman, he's after going as well. So I, I think Kirk's the pick here. Uh then we start to to look at the running backs more uh from this point forward.
2: Yeah, I like that. And and this again is one of the reasons why you know, we, it wasn't a no-brainer for us to take DeAndre Hopkins. We love this offense. We want exposure. Uh, we've had plenty of articles on the site uh, referencing the fact that he could very easily be the Chris Godwin of 2020. You take that guy in round nine, you probably still have a very solid floor. I mean, Kirk is is undervalued just on what he's already done as a professional. I mean, you remove those injured games, and he would be going, you know, multiple rounds earlier. It's hard for me to understand how he's going behind most of the players who went in round seven. So to get him right here, I really like.
3: I think it also it's nice it, it takes the pain out of that Hopkins pick uh, from round two. So I think it was all down to waiting to get Cork. And it was a it was a strategy the guys outlined pretty early. So it's nice that it has come to fruition here. Um I think I think based on the players that were available at the eighth and ninth pick there, I think we've we've done pretty well out of them. The the only one that you know I, I would like to see Kyler or Wilson get to us but when they were gone i think those were the, the smart picks the players who went after were jared cook tevin coleman mccall hardman who we like jordan howard who we've uh, talked about as well and then christian kirk so i think taking kirk there and, and taking moss are, are smart we probably we're probably just a couple of picks earlier than normal and moss but uh a player that we we all like
4: and like sean said he's gathering buzz he's probably going to rise and and has been yeah. i think a little bit already when i look at this team right now where we're at we have six receivers that we really like uh, I never have an issue with having six receivers at this point, uh, but one of the things I mentioned about the Landry pick. Now that we've landed Kirk, if Kirk is that player that you know that Sean just described, this Calvin, you know Calvin Ridley player, I, it, it's all like then then Landry's probably our sixth receiver because Kirk's probably going to have more weekly upside than Landry at that point. Just in, in with the complete benefit of hindsight, knowing that two of two of the tight end targets that we all liked in Gesicki and Hawkinson went between that Landry pick and our next ta- time up and Watson, Murray, and Wilson all went, uh, you know, if that was our quarterback there, especially if it was Murray and we had Murray uh, Kirk, or if that was a second tight end even, um, that might be the one spot in this whole draft where it's like, you know, I could see that going, uh, being a little more happy if that had gone a different way. I would agree with that. I I do like having the six stud wide
2: receivers. I've got an article that'll come out later today uh, talking about, how six is really the magic number for me in that in these formats where you can start four wide receivers. I want to have four really top 15 guys and you don't necessarily know who those guys are before the season starts, but you've got a much better chance if you're targeting the people with good profiles, the people who are going early in drafts to get there. We know that we want to have, the four guys for the starting lineup are two wide receivers, are two flexes, but then also we have a guy for the bye weeks, which I think is just absolutely crucial to be a dominant team during the bye weeks. And then we have a guy for injury or for simply being wrong, right? If we miss on one of these guys and by week five, he's either a very difficult play or simply not someone going to give us that, that league winning upside in our four wide receiver start, then we can move away from him. So while I also would very much like, to have Murray in that spot, I do like having the six receivers here, and we've even got a couple of guys that we'll uh, potentially look at uh, now, maybe midway through the double-digit rounds to give us a little bit more upside. But this lineup to have these wide receivers with the running back tight end start, I think, very exciting.
3: And that's what you call a tease in the business, I guess, uh, unintentional by Sean. I'm just picking that spot as it fits in perfectly, teasing some of the players that we might look to target in the later rounds as we get into these double-digit picks and of course we also had quite a bit of conversation throughout show one and show two about Christian Kirk and the thoughts of getting him in this draft picking him up then in round nine so the team is starting to take a lot of shape it's no surprise for our listeners of the podcast that we're getting stacked up on those wide receivers but you'll also not be surprised uh, listening to Sean this offseason is a big fan of zach moss as am i we both like devin singletary as well but word coming out of camp for moss is very positive Linking him in now with that other running back we take at number three in Alvin Kamara, Mark Andrews, D.J. Moore, D.J. Chark, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd, show favorite obviously, Jarvis Landry, bit of a show favorite there too, always underrated, then Moss, then Kirk. So we're going to see how things go in the next rounds here as we move forward, but that will be for the next edition of the show as we pick from the, af- we'll just pick it up right from where we finished there after that ninth pick as we converse through the rest of the draft and we'll run it all the way up to pick 13 on the next show. I'll let you have a little bit of a teaser. There's some running backs coming in the next couple of rounds, but let's uh, let's have some fun and see if, if you are following along and you're checking on the the draft board. You already know what happens, but uh, if you haven't, uh, some running back talk coming in the next uh, episode of the show. So when it comes out, be sure to check it out. Make sure you subscribe to both the Rotoviz Overtime individual feed as well as the main feed. Get all the shows once they come out. They drop straight into your podcast player. You're ready to go. You don't miss an episode. Lots of great shows on Rotoviz Radio as well. Obviously, we're here on road of his overtime usually bringing you two shows a week this week bringing you five shows so don't miss any of them as we talk through the draft and then on the fifth one we recap the whole 20 rounds so uh, thank you for tuning in into today's show drop us a written and review on your favorite podcast app share the word of the podcast i know you want to keep it to yourself and gain that advantage for yourself to win your leagues by following along with sean's great advice Spread the word, help us grow the community here. It's always good to have people aboard the RotoViz Overtime listenership. Thank you very much, and I guess all that's left to say with all that in mind is have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on RotoViz Radio. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz with a discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast did somebody say playoffs nba and nhl are playing for the gold and our partners at bet online have you covered get in on all the action including the nba bracket contest with plenty of chances to win mlb season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props so take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BlueWire to receive your welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, promo code BlueWire. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.